Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. I want to talk about thoughts and thinking and whether it's something that Zen considers good or bad or in, or is indifferent to and, and being indifferent to them feels and seems a lot like thinking that they're bad, but isn't quite the same. And there are also kind of conflicting reports and suggestions and guidance in the Zen literature about whether stopping thoughts is the goal of practice or just being fine with them and letting them happen is the goal or whether stopping thoughts manually is or is not even possible. And I have some feelings about that and I think they may have changed over time. And I don't know, you seem like a pro thinking person to me. And I, (laughs) I wonder what, if that's true and whether, if so, whether that has any relationship with your relationship with Zen? Well, I mean, I don't think thoughts are good or bad. Uh-huh. I, mean, I don't think anything's good or bad. Okay. Um, but when you're on the cushion, uh, you know, you're supposed to, um, you know, sort of let the thoughts come and go mm-hmm. and not get too invested in them and not get too attached to them. So I think what it is, is the problem would be not the thinking, it's the getting attached to the thoughts that you have. Uh-huh. I mean, I, that is the problem, right? I mean, you can't like, it, it's not a problem until you until you act on it, I guess. Mm. Well, then what do you make of the instruction, Dogen's instruction in the Fukan Zazengi, which is usually translated as think of not thinking. Uh, or, and, and then the que- then it's sort of pursued. It's like, what is not thinking? And the, the answer is non-thinking. And that's all very cryptic, uh, but it seems to be sort of the foundational meditation instruction, uh, at least in this one place. Okay. Well- so what do you think? What I think that is, I mean, of course, like what separates us from uh, Rinzai is a lot of times the koans, right? Mm -hmm. But we still have koans. We just don't call them koans. And Uh I think that is a koan. Okay. I love this take. (laughs) If you start thinking about that, if you think what is thinking or what is, you know, think about not thinking, then that could maybe help you like jumpstart your meditation a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's my so, thought. So you think, you think the question that's in there is sort of actually the thing that he's saying to do, to, to, to concentrate on? Like what is not thinking, what is not thinking? I mean, I think, yeah, it's like go sit down and, and non-think. So like that's, that's basically what we're doing, what we're trying to do. But then, you know, like if you if you really get down to it, you're like, OK, how do you non think? Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I mean, a lot of instructions say just you, you don't get attached to, to the thinking. Mm-hmm. But you can't, like, you can't not think. Mm-mm. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. Got to think, think about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. So, so the the uh, <laughs> the thing the thing that's been causing me endless enjoyment in considering this question lately is that it's there's kind of two levels of of scale for this question. I think because obviously depending on how you define thinking, which I'm willing to do if you, if you, if it feels important as like what counts as thinking and what doesn't count as thinking. Like I, I, to me, it seems pretty sufficient to say thinking is like making words or pictures in your mind, like on purpose. Right. And mm. like it's, it's, it's true that thinking can happen involuntarily, but it's still like some subroutine of you that's making words or pictures in your mind. The the point the, the question okay. of who's doing the thinking I think is a separate question. The que- yeah, the- well I I think it's it's mostly involuntary. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm I'm I agree with that. But but the the point is the absence of words or pictures in your mind is a sufficient definition to me for not thinking. Okay. And so yeah, I mean it is important to consider like whether thinking is happening on purpose or not. But also, I th- it feels like pretty obvious to say sometimes we're not thinking and sometimes we are, right? We're not thinking 100% of the time. So the... Well, I can't think of a time when I'm not thinking. You can't think of a time when you're not thinking. Can you, can you feel a time when, when you are currently not thinking? When I'm currently not thinking? Yeah. Maybe in, be- in between thoughts right so if there's an in-between <laughs> thoughts then that means that we're not thinking all the time like you wouldn't say you're thinking 100 of the time would you well i just think about dreams for example mm. like i guess when you i mean that the fact that we have dreams is almost like we're thinking when we're not thinking mm. because there's words and pictures in there right yeah but we're um, not always dreaming not always dreaming no um, and we do have like these deep sleep cycles. So do you think that we're not thinking in the deep th- sleep cycles? Well, I think that we're not thinking a lot of the time. I think you're right that we are also thinking without realizing it a lot of the time. I mean, I think that's what you're saying. I mean, I think going by your definition, yeah, I don't think that we're thinking uh-huh. all of the time. But I don't really know what thinking is. Okay. Well, so let just let's let's talk about what thinking is in a second. The thing I wanted to say about scales was like it seems to me that I can decide not to think right now and I just stop. But then like maybe 2 seconds later or 10 seconds later it starts happening again. Yeah. And and so like I'm I'm very skeptical of the possibility of stopping thinking forever which I feel like is some people's definition of like what Buddha's enlightenment was like or something. Like, Mm. I don't know if that's real. Like, I don't know if you can stop thinking forever, but I definitely feel like I can stop thinking for five seconds. And I also think that I might have expanded the amount of time that I can stop thinking over time, but it's still not very long. 
So like the 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 question to me looking at it this way is like to what extent is stopping thinking on purpose involved in Zen practice? Because it kind of sounds like what Dogen's saying. But I still think it's a separate question from like, is thinking like bad for practice or something like that? Because like you're saying, it happens involuntarily and it just happens. And there's so many Zen writings that say thinking just happens. So that's sort of where I've been at about it lately. But if you if you actually aren't okay with this idea of like words and pictures equals thinking, what like what what you said you don't know what thinking is. What yeah. are some of your questions about what thinking is? Are other senses besides words and pictures thinking? Hmm. Other senses. Yeah, if you get touched or something, is that thinking? So like it's sending messages to your brain. Is that thinking? Well, like the sensation of being touched, the experience of the sensation. So yeah. Is, is the thinking part, what you're saying, like our translation of the events or is it just the messages themselves? It feels to me like a thought about a sensation is something that happens right after it starts and can keep going while it's happening if it's an extended sensation. Mm-hmm. But it's not always the case that I am thinking about a, the sense of touch when it kicks in or like the the taste of delicious food. Like thinking about it is something that feels like a reaction to a sensation to me. What do you think? Okay. So I mean that's fine. I can I can I can go with that. We're we'll we'll say it's some kind of reaction translation of the the events at hand not necessarily just the experience of them Mm -hmm. i mean if we use like a traditional buddhist formula of like the five skandhas for example like sensation is actually the lowest like the first stage of the experience that gives rise to our sense of, of of being a self and perception of the sensation is the next and then formation of concepts about it is the next one and like consciousness of thinking about it is the last one. And the so, you know, there's there's a process of processing, if you will, uh, like uh, an experience. And I think the implication is you can get your ordinary consciousness like out of the way of a direct experience of a sensation and not be thinking. And that way, could you do you think that you could like eat an orange without processing the fact that you ate an orange you mean the whole orange okay maybe just like a slice like i don't i don't know just (laughs) it's it's it sounds very hard you know like that's a that's like a classic thing they do on a meditation retreat right is they like give you one wedge of orange and then they say spend 15 minutes doing nothing but eating this wedge of orange and just experience all the sensations and my experience of that is always just full of thoughts about things having yeah nothing that's what to i was thinking right that's like the opposite yeah. like it's it, it, it's full of thoughts it's like but we're we're really experiencing that orange even with the thoughts i think mm-hmm. yeah um but could you experience the orange without even being like i am eating an orange uh-huh or it tastes sour like using those words to 
or even understanding the connection. My, my instinct is still to say yes, but that it sounds very difficult and that I can, I can have that experience of eating a slice of an orange without c- forming concepts about it for a second. And it's almost like the more intense the sensation is, the longer that lasts or like the better it tastes or something. And that has something to do with sort of desire and other kinds of, um, you know, grasping behaviors and that, and, and like, I, you know, it's not, I'm not saying that there's like a completely enlightened experience happening if I'm Mm -hmm. like enjoying that slice of orange so much that I'm not thinking about it. But yeah, here's the other thing. Like if you are in a hurry Mm -hmm. and you like grab the orange and eat it, you might not experience that orange at all. And you might not, (laughs) you might not even think like this is sour. This is sweet. This is a little, um, I don't know. It kind of hurts my tongue a little bit or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) And, uh, that's almost like not thinking. I mean, you're thinking about something else and not the orange. Yeah. Yeah. So is it is it the problem that you're not thinking about the orange or is it the problem that you're thinking too much in general uh-huh. about something else and, and not yeah. experiencing the orange? I mean, yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I um, I still think it points to a separation in terms of ordinary experience between what you're thinking about and what you're perceiving. And that that indicates that there's at least this there is at least room for the possibility of having experience that's purely dedicated to perceiving, in the same way that there's one that's dedicated there's there's room for experience that's purely dedicated to thinking and not even perceiving what's happening. It's it's like two different processes, and. What, one actually, oh, this is kind of a twist, but like one interesting way this has been coming up for me uh, in Zaza, and I actually feel like maybe I mentioned this before, is that I've stopped feeling bad about getting sleepy or mm-hmm. even getting distracted um, by thoughts in Zazen because there's this sensation that it's still happening anyway, that like I'm still sitting in my posture and I'm still breathing. And like sometimes that stops too. And then that becomes obvious that I'm like out of alignment. But even when I'm sitting in exactly the the proper posture and breathing perfectly, like still my mind will, will either shut down and go to sleep or race off thinking about something. And I'll come back and I'll remember everything everybody always said to me about how like the coming back from thinking or being distracted or whatever is actually the practice. You know, people say stuff like that all the time that like, you know, you should, you, you're, it, it's not, not thinking about anything for the entire time that you're trying to do. It's just remembering to come back to mindfulness over and over again. Yeah. But, but that quality of that has actually changed for me. It's now like, oh, it doesn't matter really. Like I'm practicing anyway. It's like underneath all of the thinking, the practice is still ongoing. Uh, and so, you know, that to me actually leads me more to an idea that thinking doesn't matter as opposed to it being bad to do during Zazen, mm-hmm. which is something I felt before earlier. Like I definitely felt like it was preventing me from practicing somehow, but yeah, also it makes I, more clear to me that it stops sometimes and I'm just sitting there. I think, I think, yes, I agree with what you're saying. Mm. <laughs> I think I've experienced it like that too. 
Um, I, I mean, sometimes like having so many thoughts is an indication to me, you mm. know, like when my mind is like going through all these things and like, well, I really haven't dealt with any of this, have I? Ooh, yeah. I've just been letting it kind of spin around in there for like forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like that's why I'm thinking of it now. And, um, yeah, and I just, you know, I, I, I think that it can, it can be good in that to, like, understand kind of where, where your mind is at at the moment. Uh-huh. So, but, yeah, it, but I think okay. you're right. There's definitely been times where I've, like, been lost in a place that doesn't have pictures or words. Hmm beyond just what I'm actually physically seeing mm-hmm. in the room mm-hmm. that I'm meditating in. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be like, could be like you said, 10 seconds. I don't know. It feels like it could be forever though. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> it's a weird place. <laughs> that that sort of sense of time is so intimately tied into like noticing discrete things happening, which to me feels kind of like a function of thinking but who knows but yeah like it's 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 even if it is just sort of tantalizing and fleeting like that it feels like it's plenty available it's not like some mysterious thing but but what what you just brought up about thoughts sometimes entering in to zazen with like full of important stuff i feel like is is important to remember to bring up and to look at because you you know you the way you put it is like there's stuff that you're avoiding and like when you give it that space to when when you're not doing something else to distract yourself like it comes rushing in that feels like a function of of like wisdom of the thinking process to me a little bit doesn't it that it's like time to time like you're 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 it's like a reminder of stuff that has that needs to happen. And it's not like a task list. Well, sometimes it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's a task list. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty often in my case actually. <laughs> but sometimes it's not a task list. It's just not even something that I knew was something that I was having a problem with before. Uh-huh. Um and that's because like you said I didn't give it the time of day to to work it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't all the time, like I'll, I'll just make a mental note of that, but you still have to let it go. I think. Yeah, like that. sure. I mean, you know, sensei would say like, especially for creatives, you got a thought, just, just write it down. And maybe that's his way of being like, okay, we're going to let that go. Let's yeah. just continue. It might be hard for some people to be meditating and being like, I know this is important. Um, but they might just think about it the whole time instead uh-huh. of letting it go. Mm-hmm. What is the connection to feelings when those kinds of things come up? Like, cause it seems like maybe more than just thoughts about what those things are, particularly like the more difficult they are, uh, might be happening here. Like, Oh yeah. But it's interesting to me that like we kind of think of things or at least I've been told to think of things as like you 
Well, no, no, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. So you uh, often, I guess is what I'm saying. The emotion comes before the thought. Uh That's what I was going to say. I just had to work through it for a second. Mm. (laughs) So in that case, is it, is is that like what you're saying is generally happening here when like one of those important things comes rushing in when you finally give it space in Zazen? Yeah. Like an emotion comes up in your body somewhere? Yeah. And then maybe the thought is like a re- reaction to that or any thoughts that you might have are sort of Yes, it's things. like, it, it, I think the, the mind's trying to work out where that emotion came from. And it's mm. like, how about this? Uh-huh. Did you did you, did you you think this could be the reason you felt uh-huh. that way? And I don't know if, if it is or not all the time, but it's definitely like, well, there was an emotion there. And uh-huh. I didn't realize it was there before, so. Uh-huh. That's a really interesting dimension of experience that you're pointing to that like the the emotion doesn't announce itself with some sort of cause it might even be in response to a thought about something but it might also just be a feeling in your body that your mind then has to search for a reason for yeah and in my experience, I don't know about you, but in my experience, looking for a reason for that kind of feeling tends to be kind of a long and meandering process. Like, is it this? No. Is it this? No. Is it this? I'm often wrong. Uh-huh. Um, I'm more right, I think, the more I meditate. Uh, mm. But I think that <laughs> the more time you, you fill with things, mm-hmm. the more often your guesses are going to be wrong. Uh-huh. Because you're diluting the evidence? Maybe. I, I've not thought about it that way. But yeah, I could see that. I'm also interested in sort of the explanation for why you feel like you're getting, why it's, why the more you meditate, the more uh, you're able to see those kinds of causes. Like, what's that about? What's What's the change in perspective that makes you more right? about the causes of, of, of those things. You're making me think about a lot of things I haven't thought about before. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always more thinking that can be done if we haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah. This is the thinking show where we think about things and then you have to go non-think about things. Yeah. We, well, this is also where you and I get all of our thinking about it out so that we don't have any thoughts left by the time that we go do our practice true uh <laughs> okay well I, I i think it's just giving them this this the space and then i i think also when you meditate you um are realizing a lot of things about yourself like uh feelings in your body that aren't emotions yet mm. um but it might be tied to emotions. So you it's like you could be sitting there and be like, wow, my knee really hurts. And then you'll, um, you know, maybe you'll have an emotion too. And then it'll just like make sense because you'd be like, okay, I felt annoyed because my knee hurts. Mm. At least that's part of it because now I can feel and I didn't feel that before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not feeling pain is not necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. But like maybe... Maybe this is what you're saying already, but like maybe something is going on under the surface or longer lasting than that. That's like raised your baseline level of annoyance 
So that, yeah. so like a little pain in your knee that you might not have even noticed if you were in a more relaxed state or just let go by and was just like no big deal. Like it triggers your ambient state of being annoyed. And so you get right, more annoyed. Right. And you're like, oh, so yeah, my knee exactly. hurts. So like, like, let's just say you're, you're at work and I think that's the, our most thinking um, place. Mm-hmm. Sure. There's, you know, you don't really get a chance to not think there. Yeah. Um, and then, so you don't really notice your knee hurting and then someone annoys you at work, but normally that wouldn't really annoy you, but you didn't know your knee was hurting. So now you're mad at that person. Mm-hmm. Oh, it goes the <laughs> other way too. Yeah. You're just sort of storing up like unpleasant sensations in your body that you're distracting yourself from. And those amplify the sort of targeted, like thought related, uh, responses to situations because you're already grumpy or irritable or or uh, in literal pain. Or lack of sleep or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. These things all trigger each other in all kinds of different directions. The, the thing about giving space to whatever's coming up in practice still feels like the most important thing here because it's like maybe what we're saying is that things can come up from all different directions or at all different kind of levels like thoughts can come up sensations can come up emotions can come up what is an emotion it's maybe sort of like an entangled bunch of things that include sensations and thoughts uh and so these are the relationships are complex but it's like wherever it comes up it sort of pulls all the other stuff out if there's space for it if there yeah. isn't because you're distracted with work it might just be this sort of ambient like pain in your knee that explodes into anger at some random or at some triggered moment. But if you do kind of take away all of the stimuli, the additional, you know, sort of the distractions really from what's going on in your kind of internal present state, they, whichever one comes up, comes up and it sort of pulls the other ones out. Yeah. And so it's almost like, meditation gives you the opportunity to untangle Mm. things that are interconnected in ways they shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Or even just notice that they're interconnected at all when they might not seem like it. The, but then I feel like thoughts are still kind of a special category in this way of looking at it because they are the way we try to make sense of whatever the other stuff is like that's kind of in there it's actually really an interesting word i hadn't thought about this but the phrase makes sense like sensing is not think sensing is sensing is perception right sensing is feelings but to make sense of something is almost to like assemble thoughts out of sensations or something yeah. like that i mean or maybe it's just like a confusing phrase that doesn't quite mean what it sounds like it means cuz it actually means to reason out an explanation in logical thought terms for something that isn't made of thoughts at all. But there are still so many Zen instructions about dropping those kinds of explanations and just letting whatever the feelings are come and go and the thoughts that react to those feelings come and go without trying to make sense of them or even yeah. while accepting actively that nothing makes sense or it doesn't make sense or it doesn't have to make sense. Well, 
so there there you go. I don't think it has to be an active like thought process to come to those conclusions. Mm. So mm-hmm. once we have untangled them and they're like right in front of straight in front of us, then we can start to see what they uh really are. And I don't know when this process takes place. I don't know if it's like mm. while we're on the mat, like I know the untangling might happen then, but like when do we make sense of it? I don't really know. Uh-huh. I it could be later on. It just it just makes it easier to come to the correct or the more correct conclusion about mm-hmm. things. That's a really interesting question of like when does the actual stuff happen? Like if we, if 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 Zen practice can be said to do something, like it it is not clear that it happens during the thing that we call Zen practice. And so we say like Zen practice is everything. You're always doing Zen practice, but that's clearly not the same. That, that covers up this truth that we're looking at here of like, mm-hmm. you do some stuff sitting on a cushion, looking at the wall, you loosen some knots and then it unraveled like the particular knot that you started to loosen today unravels in some engaged situation a week later and it's almost silly to draw like a direct causal link to like oh it was on tuesday in zazen when i when when i fixed this but because because everything that's happened since then happened because of tuesday zazen uh or at least happened afterward you know if you hadn't done zazen on tuesday everything would have been different and again, I don't think that words have to be involved. Word or, words or pictures necessarily mm. have to be involved. Um, sometimes, sometimes we can understand things without verbalizing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we have to, right? We have to start there, and then we find the words later. So, I don't know. It's like when you when you've reached some epiphany, do we think the words like that? have reached us there or do sometimes we just we've we've just like found that emotion and we're like what oh there it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know sometimes i don't i i don't think all the time it's like actual words that you're thinking that draw you to conclusions i mean what otherwise like what are animals doing when they (laughs) figure things out like (laughs) well maybe they're not thinking but Maybe maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe since, as we're saying, all of these, you know, are just different sense-making modes. Like maybe making sense of something isn't just figuring it out in terms of words and logic. Like maybe it's yeah. not. Maybe it doesn't make sense until all of your senses are are aligned about it. And animals have plenty of senses that they can make oh, sense yeah, of. Oh yeah, sure, sure. I mean they they know when you know, when people make them angry mm-hmm. and they know <laughs> they at least, I mean, they, they know a lot of things. And so, I mean, it, it's like, what, what would their inside of their brains look like? Would it just be all pictures and <laughs> like feelings? I, I couldn't tell you. Mm. I mean, can they bring up pictures of things before and then relate that to the pictures now and the emotions? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. This thinking about thinking like starts to get really complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's sort of the Zen answer, isn't it? It's just like, don't think about it too much. 
just think 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 as much as it need, as you need in order to make sense or realize that you can't make sense of whatever's happening and then drop it. Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gasho.